My hope and prayer is that God speaks to our hearts, setting ablaze a passion for perseverance and faith. And today, the church needs spirit-filled, spirit-born passion that engulfs in us a love for God and causes us to persevere with joy for the kingdom of God. Passion for God, listen, knows no boundaries. You know, the rich tapestry of the church is woven with the threads of men from diverse denominational backgrounds, Anglicans and Baptists and Methodists and Presbyterians and Congregationalists and so on, are all used of God. And, and though they may have their own theological distinctives, God works through all those who come in faith and repentance in Christ, who seek him with passionate desire. So for my base text today, I'm going to be looking at Romans 5, verses 3 to, uh, 3 to 5. Romans 5, 3 to 5. And the word of God reads as follows. And not only so, but we glory in tribulations, knowing that tribulation worketh patience, and patience or perseverance experience, and experience hope, and hope maketh not ashamed. Because the love of God is shed abroad in our hearts by the Holy Ghost, which was given unto us. You know, as a person, I have established certain habits and routines that I follow almost every day. And these habits can have a positive or a negative effect on my life. And this is true both in the secular and in the spiritual sense. Developing a habit of studying and meditating upon the Word of God can have a positive impact on one's overall spiritual well-being. Similarly, prayer also proves to be a critical and a beneficial practice. While revival tarries, though, our enemy would have that we would doubt God, that the delay would result in dead, lifeless faith, that our prayers would become dry and lifeless. Our disciplines would become mere habit, lacking any meaningful purpose and devoid of any personal connection with God. It is this type of habitual, formulistic, ritualistic worship that the Lord condemns all throughout the scriptures. For instance, Isaiah 1, 13 to 14, the Lord says to Israel, Bring no more vain oblations. Incense is an abomination unto me. The new moons and Sabbath, the calling of assemblies, I cannot away with. It is iniquity, even the solemn meeting. Your new moons and appointed feasts, my soul hateth. They are trouble unto me, and I am weary to bear them. Uh, bear them. While revival tarries, God works in our hearts in a deeper yearning for him. Delay should not produce discouragement, but greater longing, deeper desire, and a persistent pursuit of Christ. Revival tarries so that God would produce in his church not a momentary flash of emotion, but a genuine move of his spirit that results in a greater desire for the glory of God. As Paul states in Romans 5, 5, and patience or perseverance, experience and experience hope. And hope maketh not ashamed 
because the love of God is shed abroad in our hearts by the Holy Ghost, which is given unto us. Leonard Ravenhill has says that the secret of praying is praying in secret. Churches, we pray for revival and awakening. Let us not waste these days of delay. While revival tarries, let perseverance in prayer have its perfect result. James 1.4, but let patience have her perfect work, that ye may be perfect and entire, wanting nothing. I like what Ian Bounds says. He says this about prayer. Our praying, however, needs to be pressed and pursued with an energy that never tires, a persistency which cannot be denied, and a courage which never fails. Let us be found lacking in nothing, brothers and sisters, perfected and earnestly desiring the greatest, the greater things by turning away from earth's wasteful, earthly, and spiritually unprofitable desires. Our 950 days of prayer without revival is not God not hearing and not inclining his ear toward us. These 950 days of prayer have been the work of God, uniting believers from all across the globe in a familiar cry and a common call. It has produced in us a pursuit and a desire for the greater glory, the manifest glory of God. Has your passion for Christ been turned up? Has your desire for the glory of God to fill his church been quickened? Like Jacob, are you determined to say, I will not let you go lest you bless me? Brothers and sisters, if we look closely, the work of revival is among us. It is quickening in our hearts. What we may have thought of God delaying is God pouring out his sparks of revival in the hearts of his people. This ministry of prayer has been open to us, and we get the privilege to come before the throne of the living God, who summons us to enter with boldness to find grace and mercy and help in time of need. We, we the few, get to intercede for the church. We have been given the privilege to call unto the eternal God and beseech him for mercy. The Lord God unites us from various walks of life, from different countries, men and women of other tongues and cultures, coming together to exalt the one true God. And the Lord, through the person of the Holy Spirit, stirs our hearts as one in Christ to move the throne of God for revival. And while revival tarries, our spiritual senses are heightened, our desire made stronger, our zeal for God to rend the heavens and come down becomes greater. And we are taken to the depths of spiritual longing that only few know. We cry like the psalmist in Psalm 27, verses seven through nine, when he says, Hear, O Lord, when I cry with my voice. Have mercy also upon me and answer me. When thou didst say, seek my face, my heart said unto thee, thy face, O Lord, will I seek. 
Hide not thy face far from me. Put not thy servant away in anger. Thou hast been my help. Leave me not, neither forsake me, O God of my salvation. You know, it is so common today to hear about what's wrong in the church. Many sermons and devotions point out the church's flaws and shortcomings. And while it's true that there's, that there's much that needs fixing, I believe that there's also a lot that's right with the body of Christ. While revival tarries, committed believers persevere in their faith, hungering and thirsting for God's righteousness and the coming of Christ's kingdom. Brothers and sisters, these are indeed trying times, full of fearful temptations. But let us not give up. We should keep moving forward, even as we witness our churches struggling and wicked forces gaining momentum. We must continue to pray and dedicate ourselves to showing passionate devotion. May our hearts be set ablaze with the power of the Holy Spirit, and may we feel broken for the sake of the lost. Let our prayers come from a heart full of unwavering faith and complete consecration to Christ. And while revival tarries, let us cling to the promises of God. Every jot, every tittle, every word. And believe God that revival is on the way and that we shall see the glory of Christ fill his church if we waver not. Listen, a day will come when we will wait no longer, when we will be all filled with the Holy Spirit and baptized in the power of the Holy Ghost. Then we will witness the fulfillment of our desire. God will be glorified. Christ will be exalted. The lost will repent and be saved. And our God will receive all the glory that he so richly deserves. While revival tarries, we heed the call of the Lord, as he once said to the prophet Jeremiah in Jeremiah 33, 3, when he said, Call unto me, and I will answer thee, and show thee great and mighty things which thou knowest not. While revival tarries, we call upon the Lord with persistence and faith. We believe that the living God will surely answer us. And God will reveal great and mighty things that we do not yet know. We believe that our prayers are answered. Isaiah 58, 9, then thou shalt call, and the Lord shall answer. Thou shalt cry, and he shall say, here I am. While the Lord tarries, may our Lord be exalted. May Christ be glorified. Together, may we all press on for the glory of our God, the glory of our King. And we ask this all in the precious name of Jesus Christ, our Lord and Savior. Amen. Mark, did you want to uh, say a few words about um, a conference that is coming up that your church is hosting 
that follows this burden. Would you like to say a few words about that? Sure. So uh, February 9th through the 11th in Orlando, Florida, uh, our church is, is hosting a conference. It is called Stand Firm, and it is a clarion call to believers to come together and to stand firm in the faith in spite of the troubling times we am, we are in and not waver. Um, we are having um, national known apologist Alex McFarland, who will be the keynote speaker, and uh, I will also be speaking as well. It is It begins on Friday evening, February 9th, uh, all day Saturday, and then it closes with morning worship on Sunday. If anybody's interested, you could check out the website. It is standfirmconf.com, standfirmconf, so standfirmconf.com. And if you're interested, just reach out to me, and I could share more with you about that. Thank you, Stephen, for that. I appreciate that. Stephen, can I say just one other word real quick? Of course. Um, As I was seeking the Lord for what to mention, I thought about these 957 days. I think I've been here for just about most of them. Um, But the Lord really impressed upon my heart that what we have gathered here every day, people from all over the world, is evidence that while we don't see what the great objective is, how God is moving among his people, and the fact that other prayer meetings have given rise is that there is a move in the heart of believers that we need to come together and we need to seek God's face. And me personally, I'm just so thankful for this prayer group. It is a Man, it's like my lighthouse in a crazy week, you know, and, and I could always find my way safely to the shore. So I, I just wanted to throw that out there.